1: Alright, welcome back to 32 Sands in 32 Days. This is it, number 4 out of 32. I don't know if we're going to get to 32. Chester's not here again. It might not happen. Don't get mad at us if it doesn't happen. We're trying our best. But th- we're right now we're on pace. This is our fourth podcast and it's the fourth straight year we're doing this. And I believe all four years our guest, the Seahawks fan, has been with us. Josh Grashen, is that right? Have you been with us all four times? That is true. I have been. I think, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that you were also, like, one of our uh, people, you know, the 32 fans historians out there will remember that the Ari Gold version of this podcast, which lasted, I think, like, two seasons, maybe, like, 2010 and 2011, and then he got a job and, like, had to stop doing a podcast at work or whatever. Like an actual life, unlike you guys, I guess. Yeah, unlike, although Chester's Uh not here, so maybe finally, at 35, he's got a life, and eventually, (laughs) like, maybe one day I'll be too busy to do this or in jail. I
2: remember. I think the first time we did this was when the Seahawks were on the verge of being good. So we've kind of come full circle uh, this wow. year. So it's it's it seems like we've um, we've you know gone in a little revolution. Well, that's here.
1: interesting that you say that because Chester really wanted me to. He would have been happy to discuss if if he was here. That this is, I think, our biggest difference or one of our biggest differences in our in our power rings, because Chester has the Seahawks as his fifteenth ranked team in the NFL, so league average team. And I have your Seahawks mm-hmm. at number twenty three. Fifteen for Chester, twenty three for me. So they're nineteenth overall in the thirty two fans power rings. Who do you agree with more? Mm-hmm. Um
2: I probably would agree with Chester or closer to Chester. Um because you still have one of the, what, five or seven best quarterbacks Mm -hmm. uh, in the NFL. Um, And, like, that always will do something. And they still have some talent on defense. They've obviously lost a lot, and some of that was on purpose. And um, I think that, you know, with Russell Wilson and a couple really – elite defenders you could still get to to 15th and and like the variation in the nfl is so small like if you're you know well coached you know a one a a one score game goes either way like you could go from six wins to ten wins really easily
1: i mean but are you seeing like it's weird because you can rebuild with that with your best player still being in his prime which obviously russell is so, is I mean, is this, like, a total rebuilding and you're just keeping the quarterback and everything else you think needs to sort of be broken down and started again? It's also interesting seeing, like, the old guys not realize that, like, the NFL completely has no value for non-quarterbacks who are over 30. And all these guys are like... And it's not just them. It's the Le'Veon Bells of the world, right? Like, trade me or pay me. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to pay you or else we could easily trade you. Right. No one's getting
2: paid anymore. I mean, honestly, like even if Richard Sherman has another three or four great years, like it makes total sense what they did, like letting him go. Um, he had been like a little bit
1: of a malcontent ever since. I mean, three or four great you know, years that, that, you know, that would make it a bad move. But I think that's almost impossible. It's more, more I, realistic. I, no, even I, I if he's like an all pro. I, I mean, I
2: mean three or four, like he's not going to be an all pro for three years, to like four starting years. Starting I don't think. Years. Years. Yeah. I think he'll, he, he could be a starter. Um, I don't think he's going to be what he was. I also am very, you know, it's, it's kind of like the receivers who leave new England Mm -hmm. and they get these big deals and they suck. Like Richard Sherman was playing for one of the best defensive coaches of the modern era. And like, I'm not even saying that with hyperbole. If you look back at Pete Carroll's record, like even when he was an assistant coach, he has overseen some of the best defenses of the last like 20 plus years. Um, so, like, it's not so crazy to assume that he would, even if he was perfectly healthy, he would take a big step back. Right. Um, and as far as, like, it being a rebuild, I, I think that, like, with the consensus, like, from what I've read about everything that's happening with them is mostly that they're letting Pete Carroll do it his way and they had kind of gotten away from that because they kind of lucked into Slash. I mean, it was a lot of skill, but they drafted all these amazing players, and they all kind of came out within a year or two of each other, and so they all had to get paid. And so I think they made a huge mistake giving all this guaranteed money to Cam Chancellor, um, who was really like the the tone setter of their defense, and I think that that made them wary of doing everything else. And they also, because they let their offensive line become so horrible – they got away from what they what Pete Carroll always wants to do, which is run the ball. And so I think in that sense, they're rebuilding. They want to be built around running and defense again. And so in that sense, it's a rebuild because I don't think they're going to be amazing at it this year. But, you know, if they hit on some of their picks um, a year or two later, you know, within a year or two, I guess, they could be back to being good because you have Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah. All right. So we do something called the coach confidence ranking here. So on a scale of one to 10, Josh, tell me how much confidence do you have in Pete Carroll in 2018?
2: Um, I don't know if, if this is how everyone feels about their coach, but like Pete Carroll to me as like a, as like a leader of the franchise and kind of like a tone setter, I have a, a lot of confidence in, I think, one of the reasons they jettisoned a lot of those older guys who are getting paid and, you know, starting to potentially decline like Sherman and uh, Michael Bennett, um, and Earl Thomas, so they're not paying him. They, I think they want to build all these guys up with guys who are hungry. And that's when the Seahawks were at their best. Um, and so I think like as an in-game coach, he leaves a ton to be desired. Yeah. Um, like he, is there anyone who's happy he, with like, their
1: coaching game decisions?
2: Yeah, so that's what I was saying. I feel like everyone might feel that oh, way. Boy. Wait until like,
1: wins. If the Jets are good this year, Todd Bowles will pull yeah, well, because they've guess, never been relevant. Bowles year. will pull. Like if they're relevant, like Bowles is like like uh, Simmons once said about Archello, like unaware the game's played with a clock. And, <laughs> I mean, he ran out the clock once in the first half last year, down ten nothing, with like ninety seconds to go. He just started kneeling on the ball. Like, I've never, the announcers, like, didn't even know what to say.
2: I mean, the, the Seahawks played – I mean, one game comes to mind when they were still right in it. And honestly, they were vying – at one point, they were still vying for a bye. This is before people got hurt. Like, the Seahawks were right in it, and they – they were, it was – I think it was either a Monday night or a Sunday night game against Atlanta – and Pete Carroll went for a fake field goal with no time on the clock at the end of the first half in what I think was, maybe it was a two-possession game. Like, we needed that score. It was just the most... and No one had any idea what was going on. It was just so unbelievably stupid. And, like, it ended up costing them the game. Like, they had the ball with a chance to, like, go ahead with a field goal that ended up getting missed at the end anyway, which you know, clearly that's not something you can plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it was, like, there's little things like that sometimes that just, like, absolutely blow your mind. But I have a feeling every every person who follows a team really closely has those moments.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, there's, I mean, other than maybe Pats fans, there's nobody like that. Although, how how often would you say you think back to the, the um, intercept, the Butler interception, and just, like, shake your head and get mad about it?
2: I, like... It it like it gives me PTSD because yeah. they show that clip so, so often, awesome um, and it's just awful. It's so awful because like it, it's the difference between being like a low key dynasty, yeah. and and like honestly because if they win that. Who knows what happens the next year? You know, like you're probably no more likely kind of to, to win, but that.
1: like history will will remember you as, like you said, as a teams win back to back so infrequently. It's happened once right. this century. Yeah, Think about it in 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 Major League Baseball. When's the last time it happened? In um in the NBA, it happens. Um, but it, right. you know it's the NBA. It happens, it, all but time, three but. and three in a row. I believe the last team to do it were the were the Lakers, right? The Yankees did it, then the Lakers did it, and and basically nobody's done it now for almost yeah. two decades. So you're really entering rarefied air. I with the Spurs yeah. when the Spurs had probably the two worst losses, other than the Falcons, which is probably number one of this century. I'd say Falcons one, maybe Spurs two, Seahawks three. But I mean you could say Seahawks two, Spurs three. But like you know, championships that you literally had in your hand then you lost of all three of those definitely fit the situation yeah um but yeah when when like the ray allen three comes on i get like visibly ill i have to like leave the room right like
2: you just can't it it is so much worse to watch to watch like supreme screw-ups than it is like a victory parade right. like i've forgotten that the seahawks won the year before that like it was like because the game was over like it was over in the first quarter. Yeah. And what do you do? You just like you
1: weren't at the game, right? You yeah, just like high five your family yeah, and your well, friends, and then it's like yeah, and like still have to go to work the if they win.
2: Yeah, it sucked. I did. I went to the to the NFC Championship game two weeks before they won, right? And that like stuck with me because that was an amazing game at home, and it came down to the wire against what was for sure the second best team in the league, yeah. which were the 49ers at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, the the agony of defeat is really just infinitely worse
1: yeah um all right let's let's uh, do segments let's go to the offense all right uh there's not really much to say about russell i want to talk about the the o-line i see uh pro football focus has the offensive line 30th which is basically an improvement probably over the last couple of years <laughs> yeah um um is there any chance I'm... that it could be somewhat near league average and that wilson could actually have time to throw the ball
2: Yeah, because they traded for Dwayne Brown midway through the season last year, and now he has, like, a whole offseason. And, like, he's good. He might not be a top five left tackle anymore, but he's really good. Um, And I I think it showed, like, for the most part, they were better when he was in there. Mm -hmm. They also have the guy who they wanted to start there at left tackle who got hurt in the preseason competing to, like, be a backup. So they have a competent backup. The thing is, like, they they also signed some behemoth from the Giants, who I guess is good, like, in the run game, mm-hmm. DJ Fluker. Fluker, um, yeah. And, like, so my, I, my problem, guess is... I think is he had a past- really bad
1: year last year. I think that was one of the people's... I goals. think
2: he was hurt a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed him for, like, nothing. Um. And, like, honestly, their right tackle last year, I think, led the league in penalties. So, like, even when he played well, he was a first-round pick, uh, Effetti. So there's reason um, to believe maybe he could
1: improve because he's young.
2: I think, like, I don't listen. They ain't going to be a top 10. But, like, if they could get to 20, 15, or 20, and if you give Wilson time to throw, like, he's extremely dangerous. Does um, it it matter when you see these
1: people who are, like, do quarterback rings and they have Wilson, like, 11th?
2: I mean, it does, but I'll be honest. I pay so much less attention to that than I used to. No, I know, it's all but so
1: dumb. Yeah, like, but I just they, think it's they, like they just don't get it. It's it's just opening up, like it's admitting that you just don't understand. Uh, yeah,
2: and like some of it is just hot takeism. Yeah, like, pardon my take. Had Pete Prisco on last week, uh-huh. and they were just grill. They were just like grilling him about ranking Russell Wilson so low, and like he oh, actually where did he on the him? thing. Where did he rank him? Uh, I mean like it wasn't even solo, but he had like Matt Stafford ahead of him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's come insane. on. Like Matt Stafford literally done nothing. It, you know, like he everyone thinks it's because he has a great defense. It's like
1: Right. You if you know, gave you Wilson did, Tate like, and Jones and uh and, and all, those all those weapons and like right. a, and a league average <laughs> offensive line, then I, I feel like he would uh he would put up cartoon numbers like that. Right. And if
2: they them. throw forty times a game. True, you yeah, know? yeah. He
1: always leads the league in attempts, basically.
2: Right, Um, and and so like it it does a little bit, but I really just think it's because, and like I think that his mistakes are really glaring sometimes, like he will run himself into like 15 yard losses, but that comes with like sure sacks turning into 20 yard gains um, on scrambles, which I don't think anyone in the league right now can do the way he does.
1: All right, so Chester's like not no here, one... mm-hmm. but he did send me some notes that he wants. He wants me to uh, like, re- you know, he basically wants me to read his because he did some research, assuming he'd be here. So he wants me to read his research. Now, all right. Uh, in the meantime, while I get his research, it's a new segment. It's called "Make Fun of Chester." So you have a few minutes. Make Fun of Chester.
2: I don't really understand Chester. Okay. Because he, he seems like he has he seems like he has this like high powered job. He's got hmm. kids, a family. How does he I, I mean when I see a tweet when he has some some chart about Indianapolis Colts in nineteen ninety-three season <laughs> quarterback rankings, I'm like, this is the work of a true psychopath, and I don't really understand. How anyone could have that kind of time, and even if you did have the time, how that could be what you do with oh, it—it's really like, it's I, it's the. This is
1: maybe the best moment of my life.
2: It's the mind. It's the mind. It's a truly, truly sick mind. Yeah. And this is someone how who do you I think know. Could and get and his like, wife
1: to listen to this episode? would be like, "Hey, I hear you're a big Seahawks fan, Doctor Jen. Could you?" I think
2: you'd me? have to like probably put it on like while she's sleeping. Yeah. Because I can't imagine she ever bothers oh, to no, listen to definitely it. Definitely
1: not. Definitely not. Um, yeah. No, it's a good point.
2: Um,
0: I mean, and uh, I don't and I think like you Alex. understand.
1: I've
2: met him many times and we played softball together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but like, wow, like <laughs> if he dedicated it, if he could like cure cancer, if he like dedicated his time to that instead of this stupid podcast.
1: Well, no, the podcast doesn't take a lot of his time. See, you're now you're like sound. You're sounding like his wife who thinks the podcast takes time. The <laughs> podcast takes one hour a week. The charts take. 50 hours a week.
2: Right. So the maybe charts it's the charts have nothing to do with the yeah.
1: podcast.
2: Right. It's just his own personal in fulfillment and enjoyment. And he does it for yeah, himself. I, he
1: doesn't 95% of the charts he makes, he never shares with a single person. It, it, like it's not like yes. he has a website for the charts. He it's just like it's, he feels the need to chart. That's his thing. It's like a painting it's hobby. It's like
2: he he has like he must have pretty high functioning autism or something to, to get to that point. I mean, point. I
1: think it's been discussed. We should have we should maybe get him diagnosed live on this show. I do think that's yeah. eventually maybe in a slow not after football season we should do that because people have definitely. Sat, I do think people are very quick to diagnose themselves with like with high functioning autism or Asperger's. I think is not really a term anymore. But I feel like yeah, not love, a thing anymore. People love to like give themsel- to diagnose themselves. I don't, I don't think he does. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't uh, actually
2: think he does. I just think he... Uh, no, some people think he is. does. Some <laughs> people think
1: he does. Yeah, but well, no, the you ever see in, The King of insane. Kong?
2: You ever see The King of Kong? Yeah, of course. One of the greatest documentaries yeah, of all time? Yeah, of course. Um, so the Mitchell? guy, I forget it. It's not Jessica Billy Mitchell? Mitchell. The other guy, the, other the, guy. the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Seattle guy. Yeah. He, like, you need to have a brain like that to do certain things mm-hmm. like that. Chester is 10 times more successful than I'll ever be in my life, but it's only because... Like, you know, he he can focus on things that like I could never even dream of spending my time doing. And that's what you need. And that's what he's got. So it turned into kind of a backhanded compliment after all that.
1: Yeah. No, I enjoy the segment. Make fun of Chester. This will come back even if Chester's here. All right. Now, here's Chester's email. (laughs) He's uh, he wants me to do it in his voice. I don't really I'm not really an impressionist. I just, like, I make fun of him, but not with his voice. Seattle went 9-7 last year, and here's the bad news. <laughs> they have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. This year, they have the third hardest. Smiley emoji. Um, easy September, but starting in week five, the, the defense has to face the Rams and 49ers twice, plus the Vikings, Packers, Chiefs, and Chargers. The Chiefs such a good offense. I mean, like, I'm not banging on the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, All right. Offense. There's a lot of bullet points, Josh, so buckle up. New OC, Brian. Wait, are we going to address that first point first? Yeah, let's address it. Do you have a take on them going from a super easy schedule to hard? My
2: take on schedules is that they're complete bullshit because no one has any idea how teams are going to be 95% of the time, unless you're talking about the Pats or the Packers, assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt again. Like, Uh last year they were supposed to have a really hard schedule too. And also, why is everyone so obsessed with the 49ers? Like... Garoppolo did you're not, not. You're not intimidated
1: by Garoppolo's seven touchdowns, five interceptions last year. Yeah,
2: it's it's really it's really shaken in my boots there, and like it, it's just I listen. The Rams, the Rams, I think loaded up to try to win the Super Bowl this year because mm-hmm. they do not have a long window um, because they're paying all these guys right now. So the Rams are going to be genuinely scary, I think. But like, I don't know. I just don't put that much stock in like difficult schedules because. It everything changes in the first month of the NFL season because there's always teams that are good. Yeah, that you don't was know who's going to get injured. You might Sarasa. face a team
1: whose quarterback is out for the week. Yeah, and it's like a free so win. like
2: that. That doesn't scare me so much. I mean, I, I don't think it matters. You know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. last year before the season starts, I'm like, oh sweet, we get to play Jacksonville in right. November, and like that was like one of our, the hardest games of the year, and we lost it. You know? Yeah. So.
1: All right, so Chester says, the new O.C. is Brian Schottenheimer. Here are his offensive rankings as O.C. 2011, Jets, they were the 20th-ranked offense. This was his best performance. 12 through 14, Jeff Fisher's Rams. First of all, Jeff Fisher thinks you're competent. That's basically like a death (laughs) knell. 21, 22, and 25. 2015, he goes to college, the University of Georgia. 81st, the fourth-best offense in the state of Georgia, behind Georgia Tech, Georgia State, and Georgia Southern. I, I love that Chester did the Georgia yeah. 2015 college rankings. The Georgia power rankings, totally. And he doesn't even follow college football. After that, he was demoted <laughs> to a QB coach under Pagano and Trudzinski. What has this guy done to uh, earn an OC job? It's a good question. Now I have a lot of experience with Brian Schottenberg. Not John, Brian Schottenberg, because he was our offensive coordinator. Uh, he stinks. I don't. I uh, like. He does. Yeah. He has a lot of imagination but there's never been any results. Now you could argue like who were his quarterbacks for the jets and the, and the Rams for most of that run. Right. Right. So, so I'll say,
2: yeah, I mean, I'll say two things. And the first one was exactly that. Like you now have at least Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin and everyone is super excited about Chris Carson coming back. Mm-hmm. who was actually pretty good um, before he got hurt last year. Um, secondly, I don't think they should have hired him, and I think the only reason they did um, is that he has a reputation for loyalty to the head coach. Mm-hmm. And they were really consolidating power under um, under Pete Carroll. They wanted a guy, and and it's the same thing they did with the defensive coordinator, who they fired a competent one, mm-hmm. and they hired a, a yes former, man. Did you see?
1: Did you watch Hard Knocks want this week? Yes did you watch no, not yet. So there is a really interesting scene where, I mean, first of all, man, is is Hugh Jackson like an interesting guy. There's an interesting scene where he's meeting with all the coaches and Todd Haley, like one of the top five douches yeah. on the planet. I mean, right. everything about him, like he's like a cartoon level douche with the gotina. Uh, you got to listen to it, part
2: of my take when it comes to Todd Haley takes. They're no, I best. yeah, yeah. They're
1: not Haley guys. <laughs> the, no. the, but they are Jeff Fisher guys. The. The, so Haley's, like, arguing with, with uh, Hugh Jackson giving the veterans days off because he doesn't want anybody to get injured because Hugh Jackson, like, can't start 0-4. He knows he's going to get fired in, in September, basically. Mm-hmm. And and Haley's like, oh, we're babying them. And, and he and he basically, like, you know, uh, stands up to – to Haley's like, when you have your team, it's your decision, but, you know, this is my decision. It's a little awkward. And he's also got Greg Williams. So he's got two super experienced, hot-headed, like, D-bag coordinators in there. And it made me think, like, oh, coaches must have to, like, face all sorts of coups from coordinators all the time behind the scenes, right? Right. So it is interesting. Um, the idea of, like, bringing in a guy like Schottenheimer who no one is ever going to call to be the head coach.
2: Yeah. And I think that that was – I mean, according to, like the, the, you know, like, the local writers and stuff, that was, like, really – the thought behind it is – He wanted complete control because it had gotten away from him over the years prior. Um, And they
1: they also had a weird um, collection of guys on defense, weird in the sense that, like, no other team in the league was so outspoken. Uh, I mean, the Niners got there eventually, but, like, they had so many guys who sort of marched to the beat of their own drummer before politics took center stage in the league, and so he had to manage a lot of people who were um, you know, who had opinions basically when the NFL is wants everyone to be vanilla and not have opinions before anybody yeah. else did. You know what you know I was thinking also, it's like a rabbi always wants a bad assistant rabbi because if you have a good assistant people are like, oh well, this guy's cheaper and younger, well, let's just hire him. <laughs> right. So the um, it's, the I mean
2: Yeah, and I think that like I think that this this little experiment gets 2 years at for sure no more than 3. I mean Pete Carroll's also old. So yeah. like like putting all your eggs in his basket um
1: uh, there's no heir apparent. It, there's nobody on staff that Right. That
2: there's is, no one. Team one team yeah, board. there's there's no yeah, exactly. There's no one. There's no Josh McDaniels,
1: not I don't you know. It would like, drive me insane that Mc, that McVay's in the division cuz McVay's going to be there for 30 years.
2: Yeah, probably. Um I mean, McVeigh made Jared Goff, who like all, according to all like his peripheral numbers, is not very good. Made mm-hmm. him into an elite quarterback, or last maybe year. Jeff
1: Fisher made him into the worst player ever, and yeah, turned and him into a a, average but. I'm
2: saying years. even last year, a lot of those yeah. like peripherals no, listen, were look at Cousins. Incredible. I think
1: I, I mean we're not talking Rams now, but I, I think McVeigh is uh, is yeah, become is mortal head coach. Um, yeah, all right. More Chester talk. They have replaced Paul Richardson, we just talked about him last podcast, he's on the uh, Redskins now, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Graham with Amara Darbo and Ed Dixon. Is Wilson's degree of difficulty not high enough? Zing. I don't know if Chester was like trying to make that into a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean,
2: Jimmy Graham had, I don't know, like 10 touchdowns last year mm-hmm. or something like that, but like, was absolutely awful in between the 20s. Yeah. I mean, he drops so many passes. He can't block. It was like, a lot all of, like stuff,
1: three for twenty-eight know, and a touchdown. So it's like, oh, he had a decent fantasy yeah, day,
2: right? Like he and he would. He'd have two touchdowns. He had like at least a touchdown for like seven or eight straight weeks. But like, honestly, you're probably gonna laugh. But like, if Brandon Marshall is healthy, he'll do the same thing. Brandon Marshall can catch a touchdown over someone. Um, and Darbo was like a pretty high pick. I mean. I don't like listen, I've heard there's buzz about him coming out of camp, but like mm-hmm. honestly, like yeah, I think Paul Richardson Paul Richardson was he was like Golden Tate light. Like mm-hmm. he would just yeah. chuck it downfield sometimes and he would go get it. Um
1: Golden Tate's actually got better since he left her team. He's really good yeah. with Detroit.
2: Yeah, Golden Tate Golden Tate was good and they, they made a like stupid
1: calculation with Golden Tate. That was like one of the first I think selling like, high almost always works in the league. It just happened not yeah. to work with him. So, like, the listen, yeah. which is, again, their strategy with a lot of defense players. Right. right here's more Yeah. You know. Rashad Penny at running back? The only bigger reach was Schottenheim at OC. But I'm... They threw the <laughs> ball to RBs fewer than but anything in like the a, NFL.
2: you like a 60s Jewish comic performing in the Catskills? <laughs> in the
1: Catskills. In, like, yeah. a dilapidated, about-to-close hotel. Despite <laughs> yeah. ranking second in the NFL in yards per attempt when they, when they threw the ball to... Uh, Running backs. Penny has no pass protection skills and had very limited receiving experience in college, so it's unlikely to even play on third downs. Do you defend Rashad Penny? I mean,
2: I have a feeling that they know a little bit more than than Chester does about him. Um, Chester, according to uh, Pro Football Focus, was like the highest ranked was like the oh, highest Penny. ranked. I you'd think you'd uh, say Chester Corden, Yeah, Roval Penny Focus was like the third no, Oh, I meant Penny, okay. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um he was the highest ranked guy that like in college, had the most broken tackles and all these yeah. things. Um and so like I think that like he has a legitimate chance to be very good. It's an It isn't even carry it, the
1: ball twenty times a game also.
2: Yeah. It's still like a it was still a very interesting I think that they They really, I I forget his name. They really, all the buzz was about this um, safety that went to San Diego, the pick before them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm pretty sure they would have just stayed put and taken him if he was still there and their pick. At least, you know, but who knows with the Seahawks, they always do things that no one ever anticipates. Um, And so, like, yeah, I, I, I agree that it was a reach. If he's, like, legitimately good for five years, then, like, I don't really care that it was a reach. And it seems like there were plenty of people who wanted to take him right after, which always makes – well, at least – who knows if those stories get leaked to, like, make teams look better, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that there is an element of truth to that. And, like, other than Barkley, according to Football Focus, he was the best-ranked running back in college football. So, right. like, that is something –
1: More Um, Chester. More from Chester. All right. He wants to know. um, I just closed the window. I'm I'm trying
2: to find, by the way, I'm going to try to find this amazing, almost defies belief um, how bad the Seahawks were at running the ball last year in the red zone. Okay. Um, So I'm going to try to pull that up while you're asking me the next Chesterism
1: hmm now also uh, w- while i open this up you had a kid i think since uh, the last time you were on the podcast um you know, you right no here.
2: i was, she was probably a little baby last year but yeah
1: okay now it, of course you did the smart thing and you called me you know when you, right before you had the kid and you asked me for parenting advice yeah well obviously yeah, yeah i gotta go you. to the
2: best dad i know <laughs> the best
1: dad you know um yeah okay all right lack of running game screws wilson here's some stats from chester Last year, Seattle had fourth the fourth worst. Aver- they had for uh, Chester. You don't know English. They had the first fourth worst average third down yards to go, seven point nine. All right, so they had third in a while. Unsurprisingly, I think the Jets had th- a third and seven point nine. I think the Jets had third and eight point eight. They must have been the worst. Unsurprisingly, Russell Wilson's QB rating dropped from fifth best on early downs to twenty seventh best on third downs. That makes sense. Not much you could do on on third and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the the bad running game screws the quarterback. That's uh, that's not a chiddish, as, as they would say. But um, he also says, DJ Fluker for Luke Jokel at guard. This team spends less money on the OL than any other in football. What do they expect? I mean, you can't spend money at every position.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, that was what prevented them from being great the last few years came down to their offensive line. I mean, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. They, like... I think that they assumed that Russell Wilson was good enough to overcome a lot of that. Um, but it just... I mean, it's its weird. It's a very weird decision. They paid Luke Jokel $8 million last year on yeah. a one-year contract. So it's like not just... I, I, they also got rid of Tom Cable, which like, by all accounts was horrible at his job. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Like, even that, hopefully, will be room for improvement. Um, but... They cut the cord on Tom C. They Oh, good one. Um, <laughs> they... Like, I, I think it, it's not just spending less. It's also, like, terrible scouting of it. Like, they've been... There's, yeah. there's like... I mean, their right tackle last year was a first-round pick. And he was terrible. I mean, he wasn't terrible... Um, except that he led the league in penalties, which is pretty bad.
1: right. That, so and so like, you're saying it's not that they're not committing enough money, it's they're picking the wrong players in these situations.
2: Yeah, it, I think it's almost more and and I from what I understand, almost everything that they did was um, with Tom Cable's like input. like so the players oh. they drafted or signed was Tom Cable. So I guess we'll find out whether like how much, really was his poor decision-making versus like them spending the lead, you know,
1: minimum wage on it. Right. All right. Let's go rapid fire here. All right. Give me Brandon, Brandon Marshall's stat line, that line <laughs> for 2018. Um, I
2: mean, assuming he makes the team, he'll probably have like 30 catches for, you know, like eight touchdowns and 400 yards or something. I feel like they're going to use him. The yeah, Seahawks it, have had a history of using big wide receivers and obviously tight ends almost exclusively within the 20. Um, and like Doug Baldwin to do just about everything else.
1: Marshall's so good at getting open. Right. He just has no ability to catch like the pass when he's open. Yeah, I mean you and would know. He's, he's older and maybe he has no while. ability to get open.
2: Yeah, I, I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, he he has,
1: he, considering he's not like a, he really is so good at like using his like big body and his arm strength to like get open. Right. Like you'll you'll see him. he will be like that's insane. I've never seen a receiver that open without somebody falling. But right. It's like 60-40 that he catches it. Uh, but he might not have that ability <laughs> anymore. All right. I want uh, Earl Thomas. What do you think ends up happening with the Earl Thomas situation? Um.
2: You know, I it, it's it's the. Damnedest thing. I, I really don't know. Like they, they. I don't think they're gonna cave. Um, I think they've made that pretty clear. And this is the most um, non conciliatory I've seen Pete Carroll in his comments. He's always like he should be here. Um, he doesn't say he doesn't say. Well, it's a complicated situation. Blah blah blah. Like he is taking a hard line and. They aren't going to pay him. They're not going to, because they, especially because they did it with. Well, it's know. not
1: the Aaron Donald situation. It's not like, all right, ultimately we know we need him back. He's our best player. This is like, yeah, because we really want this guy, but we're willing to live without they're him. They're
2: willing to live without him because they know he doesn't have that much longer. Um, right.
1: And they have, and they've got replacements. Like yeah. secondary. Who's, I mean, you have Maxwell back there. You've got Coleman back there. Shaquille Griffin. Um, who do you think would replace Earl Tom? Um
2: I mean, they they signed a couple. They have like this guy McDougal who they signed. They have like a couple like decent guys. Listen, no one's going to – they might have to change their whole scheme without him um, because their defense the last uh, five or seven years, however long he's been on the team, has been mm-hmm. predicated on him being like the, the, the single safety back there. And so, right? But
1: do you think? Do you think like now? It's basically time that Bobby Wagner is such an elite player at this point. Mm-hmm. Sort of build build the defense to Wagner's. Yeah, strength
2: I think that's like, what they're going to try to do. I think like mm-hmm. that's that's the only way you're going to succeed long term um, in the NFL, really, because like you know the reason the Pats are are are. Um, have been successful for as long as they have is because they build around Tom Brady, who's a quarterback who can play into his forties. Like if it was built around a safety, like it just wouldn't happen. And so you, you do have to, to make those changes. Um, but you know, I just don't, I don't think that there's any way that they, that they keep them
1: um, yeah. because I don't All think right, he's going uh, to cave. Yeah. All right, who is the weakest link? What what spot on this team in particular, which person would keep you at, up at night? Which I, I, I'd say you limit it to starters, not like a guy who's not going to make the team.
2: Like single player?
1: What single player do you think like needed an upgrade the most?
2: Um, I mean, I'm a little concerned about Brian Maxwell if he ends up starting um, mm-hmm. because –
1: what about the receiver spot opposite Baldwin? That doesn't... That doesn't I don't... Sure. It
2: doesn't... Like, they've never really had a great... I mean, like, Paul Richardson... By the way, I mean, like, yeah, would it have been nice to keep him? But it was not worth paying him what he got paid by the Redskins. Um, right. So, like, they haven't had... I mean, also, check out his yards. Like, they're, the, the number two receiver on the Seahawks is never going to have more than, like, 50 or 60 catches. Um, and so... That doesn't concern me as much. I think Brian Maxwell or, like, I mean, if I had to pick one position on the offensive line, it would be the right tackle, which is nice for a change to not be worried about the entire offense, like, about the left tackle, which is, you know, typically the most important. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's one of those two.
1: Um, Awesome. All right. Uh, Next segment, it's uh, Sam from New Zealand. Okay. We have a listener. He's from Uh New Zealand. His name is Sam and he wants to pick a football team to follow this year. He's not an NFL fan, but I guess he listens to this podcast because I'm not sure why. Maybe he only listens to the non-football <laughs> ones, but he wants to start following football. So why should he wa- he wants to pick a team. Why should he become a Seattle Seahawks fan?
2: Ooh, I think that sh- that ship has sailed.
1: <laughs> um, right, it would be it would be weird. It would be like becoming like a huge like U2 fan. Right. Today. Um, well, you know,
2: maybe I Listen, the Seahawks, when they're going well, have the most swagger in the league. Um, a lot of that is gone now.
1: If he's going to fly in for a game ever. Oh, it's, easiest, it's easy, easier to get
2: to Seattle than it is uh, anything on the East Coast. Um,
1: and it's the best game to go to if it's a, if it's a, it's a good, good game. It's like a good it's raucous, raucous crowd. crowd
2: um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, honestly, Russell Wilson probably five times a game does something that blows your mind. Um, yeah. And like good or bad, but like most of the time, good. He will do something that no one else can do, and that is yeah, that you've never yeah, seen. and before. that is There's certainly fun to, to watch. By insane. the way, going back to a previous point, I can't find the specific stats, but the number of red zone rushing scores that the Seahawks had last year by non-Russell Wilson was
1: zero. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Literally, zero. no running back had a touchdown from inside. Not a single one. How many rushing touchdowns did they have? Well, Russell had six. Yeah, something
2: remember. like that. And they literally um, had zero other than that. There, the stat I was looking for was like within the five yard line. They they tried to rush like twenty times with running backs, mm-hmm. and they they, they, were they were not only that they had negative yards.
1: Wow. I mean, that's a literally
2: set. negative yards. Um, um, and I, I wish I remembered, but I, I just it was because I remember they were showing like. The,
1: well, they had four rushing touchdowns as a team.
2: Uh, it's possible. I don't
1: know why I thought Wilson had six. Um, Someone else had six.
2: Wilson, for all of Wilson. his rushing ability, they 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 don't. He doesn't run that much at the goal line.
1: Um, you want a crazy story? You want a crazy stat about Wilson also? Fumbled six times as a, a rusher, and they recovered all six. That's probably... Yeah, that's
2: problematic for next year. Um, well, the thing is, a lot of times it happens. He is, like, one-on-one with some guy. So it's like, it's a, you know, it's a little bit more of a chance of recovering because he is doing something crazy. Um, but yeah. that also, like... Yeah, I mean, obviously that'll change.
1: <laughs> the Seahawks. C- do you know off the top of your head, the C- other than Wilson, the Seahawks C- leading rusher had X number of yards.
2: Um, yards. Yeah, it was something like four hundred fifty-four. 4- no,
1: 240. Oh, two oh, hundred forty. because Carson got hurt early
2: That's in the insane. year. I mean, you.
1: Yeah, Carson get Carson has two hundred eight. By, by way, the you way, you got you got Thomas Rawls now. Uh, congratulations. I don't think he's got almost no yeah. chance to make it. <laughs> And they had an injury. Like he was fifth, and now he's fourth. But I, I just don't. I don't see him.
2: I think he just lost think. something. He got hurt. He had that amazing year when he was. I mean,
1: these guys get old. He it, was terrible. He was last so year. bad last year. they because it's not like they're twenty five. But if you're a running back in the NFL, that also means you like touched the ball every single play yeah. in high school and took a beating and probably and like and other than like some other positions, probably came in and played as a, as a freshman. Right. So like these guys have so many miles mm-hmm. on him, you know. They didn't play. He for got 10 when years. he hurt
2: himself. He break, it, broke his foot or something that year when he was replacing Marshawn Lynch, and he was a beast that I year. Mean, he was like the best running back in football. Um, and ever yeah. since then, he is just so not the same. It's ridiculous.
1: Our, Ari Gold points out that uh, the, the Seahawks are one of those teams where if Wilson misses a game, it's basically an automatic loss because the back you only have three quarterbacks on the team. And one of them is Austin Davis, and one of them is Alex McGo. McGuff.
2: They, they mess, Davis just drafted that guy. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they now, now that especially last year when they can't run the ball and their defense, especially after the injuries, was like you know middling. They had mm-hmm. zero chance, um, and this year they probably would have close to zero chance, unless the running game just ends up being much better than I anticipate it to be. Um. Yeah they they have no
1: chance. there's going to be Austin Davis the seventh year in the league. These guys really. I I love the Chase Daniels of the of the oh, world. Oh yeah. Who, like, have been in the league for decades, and I've I've said this a million times, but if you're a quarterback who's in the NFL and you don't play, you automatically get a job the next year. If you play, you're probably bad because right. you're a backup, <laughs> and then you're out of the league. The best thing that can happen to you is not to play, and also for your like your brain and having Chase kids Daniels
2: and stuff. has has made twenty four million dollars. He's thrown yeah, like and is basically he's thrown, thrown like thirty passes, passes yeah. I think.
1: Austin Davis is guaranteed a backup job in the NFL. That's right. insane. Uh, can we make a trade between the Jets and the Seahawks? Like, would you give me a sixth round pick for Teddy Bridgewater? Do you have a legitimate backup QB? <laughs> yeah,
2: it's insane that
1: Bridgewater is not the favorite to start he's... there, or like what did. He's. Twi- I, th- I think they want to trade him. I, uh, I think they want to play Darnold and Bridgewater. By the way, is twenty five years old. That's wow. Insane. Um, like he could have a ten year. You could trade for him and like maybe this year he's rusty, but he could have like a ten year career Though, as an average quarterback. And like the, nobody wants like him for not a not
2: to offend uh, Chester or anything, but like Bridgewater yeah. kind of sucked when he was the starter um, for Minnesota. So I'm not.
1: Oh, Ch- oh, Chester is gonna go insane. Chester. I'm Chester sure he, for, he has, has more stats. stats. That Bridgewater was the best, best December QB of all time uh, in his one year of starting. Best this? Des- no, hey, he played three years. Uh, best December QB of all time.
2: <laughs> um, is he better than Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson's pretty well. Whatever. We, we don't need to go down this road. But um, Bridgewater yeah. sucks. That's all I know.
1: I, I you just you heard Chester's feeling so much. Uh, two uh, by two years plus one. I said he played three years. Um, all right. Well, give me a give me a prediction for the Seahawks. What's their record going to be at the end of the year? Uh,
2: I mean, like, I really think that any team with a quarterback as good as Russell Wilson is is good for like for like seven or eight wins. And like, honestly, things could you know it's fluky. So like you could go up, you could go down. Um, but like, I, I mean, I think like eight and eight or nine and seven is a reasonable expectation for a team with a, a quarterback is good. And like a defensive mind who has the whole off season to try to like train some of these guys who now are going to have starting roles. I think there'll be a ton of growing pain. Um, but like, I think it's reasonable to expect them to be in that, in that range. Somewhere between seven and nine wins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. It was fun. Uh, it was fun speaking to you. I, I feel like we've done this now about six yeah, times. It's definitely. We've, how do, do you get to go back to Seattle for a game?
2: Uh, I haven't been in a few years. I usually try to go for like the first days of Sukkot, but like it just depends how it falls mm-hmm. out. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll try to go to a game. They have to be in town. It has to be a day game. Um, and it has to be, mm-hmm. like, a Monday-Tuesday kind of uh, situation. Um, so it,
1: A Tuesday? You expect the seal? No, 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 no. Like,
2: Sukkot on a Monday-Tuesday. So, like, I'll fly in. Oh, I
1: got it. That yeah, was confusing.
2: Um, okay. So, like, it hasn't worked in... Oh, my gosh, what was the last game mm-hmm. I went to? I wonder if it was the championship game.
1: It might have been. I saw them. Are you going to are do you, are are you nervous your kids are going to start rooting for Columbus sports teams? Um no,
2: because my wife doesn't care at all and like I don't care if they root for like the Buckeyes cuz like that's fine. It's college. I don't really Right, care. the Buckeyes.
1: I guess it's just the Buckeyes. It's really and the blue just jackets, the Buckeyes. But and blue like you jackets, don't really, so I don't really have, don't have the But the kids in school when they're older are going to be like Bengals fans or Browns Mostly fans or here People don't care that much about football. Um,
2: well, everyone okay. was huge caps. Sounds like a terrible place to Everyone live. was huge Cavs fans. For, like, there's actually the a lot of Steelers brand. fans. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of Steelers fans. There's a fair number of Browns fans, but, like, most of the Browns fans, like, like my brother-in-law, are so terminally depressed by their sports that, I mean, you know... Other than, obviously, the Cavs, the one year they were gifted a championship by suspending Draymond Green. Um, well, the Indians are good now, too. The Indians are good.
1: How far are you from Cleveland? How far is the It's it like
2: two you? to two and a half. Cincinnati's closer, but I know very, like not that many Bengals fans. Um, right. It's mostly Steelers and Cleveland teams.
1: All right, I'm glad we did this with Chester because I'm sure he would have asked for embarrassing stories about me. But he's not here, and we got to make <laughs> yeah, it fun of him. was a joy. So. All right. All right, Josh. All right. Keep it real. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.